Hey, hey everybody, this is Sam from National Sports Overtime. And I wanted to continue with the discipline series that we have started, and I want to talk about power. And I know what some people consider power. They almost consider it as authority or something someone has over another human being. The thing that I think that we forget is that we all have power within us. Sometimes we don't use it, don't know how to use it, don't think we should use it. Um, I mean, look at the United States in, you know, the early 1900s, black Americans did not feel like they should choose to use the power that they had. And it was only late 1960s, early 70s that it was forced upon people for them to get the power that they had. Same thing with women in the 1920s, 1930s, trying to get the right to vote, trying to get different statutes changed. There, I believe, are still two states that a husband has the right to rape his wife. And it's little things like that that still our country has not, you know, caught up on about giving people power. And so we kind of want to look at power a different way that you control it. You have the power, and what you need to do is harness it and use it. So if you're looking for a way to make a positive impact, then using power this particular episode is more for you. Because what I want you to think about is what is in your power. Well, when you think about it, to work hard to be kind, and to have fun is within our fire every single day. What's not in our power is things that we can't control. And you're going to hear me preach this until I'm blue in the face. See, other people aren't within your power. Yes, you can try to manipulate people to do what you want. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it works for six months, and then all of a sudden, no, it doesn't. The environment. I think there are so many people nowadays thinking we can change the environment, that we have the power to 
make hurricanes turn, to make it not snow in certain places, to make it not get up to 115 in certain places. Guys, I don't think we've harnessed the kind of power that it would take to corral Mother Nature into doing everything we wanted, everywhere we wanted, throughout the world. And we can't control the nature of the world. I mean, when a rock slide happens, or an earthquake, we see We do not have power over nature. Now, what gets to me, I guess, is when you look around and all the people who don't use their power. And I... Trying to think how to say this without giving her name away. I... I have ran into two female athletes that were, I would say, eight years apart, ten years apart, maybe twelve years apart, I don't know, who are two of the most talented, athletically talented human beings that I've met. One of the things that held them back, obviously, was their height. But they didn't use their power to work hard, to be kind, to have fun. And, see, everyone can do that. And these two females chose not to do that. Yes, they had fun, but it wasn't always in practice or at a game. Um, Sometimes they had a little too much fun at a practice or a game where it totally took the team out of its focus and out of its game plan. Being kind As I look back on these two female athletes, I think overall they were kind. I don't know in the sports that they played that they were necessarily kind. I think they stayed a lot to themselves and didn't want to share anything that may be used to beat them or to get in their head or anything. And as far as working hard, you know, sometimes they wanted to, but most of the time, they really didn't. But both had a fear of missing out. And that's what kept them coming to voluntary things. And see... Everyone has this. Everyone 
can be kind. They can have fun. They can work hard. But think about it. Everyone usually waits for someone else to go first. No matter how old we are, we have a fear or nervousness or something about I can't talk about that. I can't get a group together. I can't um, make them come. I can't get them to work hard. Well, what they don't understand, you, if you have that desire, don't wait on someone to go first. Step up, do it, and if people follow you, that's great. If they don't, who cares? You're working hard to make yourself better. In the long run, that will make your team better. But if no one else wants to use their power in order to work hard, then that is not your issue. Now, there are people, there are players who are kind and contribute to only those who agree with them. If you've coached anything from midgetly up to college, you have seen players go out of their way to be kind to freshmen, to be kind to uh, their other classmates because they're wanting to be able to use that kindness in a manner to get them to do things for them. Um, such as, you know, I've heard it, I've walked in, I've heard teammates talking uh, as I'm getting ready to, you know, tell them what's ahead for them either in the next practice or in the next game and have heard, well, first have experienced and seen what they are doing with this freshman or if they're a junior, other juniors, by being kind. By bringing them a soda, bringing them a Gatorade, bringing them a snack, um, you know, helping a freshman find their classroom, something like that. And then you see in the locker room, oh, man, I forgot we had a game tomorrow. My mom's away. I've got plans up until like 10 o'clock tonight. not going to be able to wash wash my uniform or my travel shirt or my shooting shirt. And automatically that freshman will say, oh, give it to me, I'll do it. And then you'll notice a pattern of them always doing that. You'll also know, notice that people 
and players on the team act the way they want them to act. They don't model the behavior that you want to see. A lot of times they get them how they want to react. You'll have a leader. I had this uh, as an assistant coach where one of the so-called leaders was trying to get the team led in a different direction than what we as a coaching staff wanted. And as soon as we could figure it out, find out who was behind it, we were talking to them. Because you can't let that continue. If they're going to be a leader, they have to role model the behavior that you want to see. But here's the thing. You should demonstrate what you believe without any expectations of what others will do for you. Um, I really believe as coaches, as parents, as members of the community, that young people or players or, or just kids that attend our school district, they actually need to have good role models. And we talk about that all the time. But are we? I mean, think about it. I'm from the South. And being polite is expected. Going to church pretty much is expected. And living those values, pretty much expected. However, everyone in the community knows that once the kids turn 18, they go to college, they go to trade school, um, they go to tech school, they take an online program, whatever, then they start exploring themselves as far as widening out. Why do I go to this church? Why am I a, a member of this religion? Uh, you know, why am I re- a member of this political party? Is this really what I truly believe? And you see them stretching their wings. But you've got a role model of that behavior. That it's okay for them to stretch their wings and figure out what they believe. And if they truly believe it, they'll be able to defend it. Maybe not correctly, but they're still trying to defend it. So I see so many coaches wonder why they don't have respect from their players. Their players do not jump and do what they say. They don't act correctly maybe on the bus. They don't act correctly, you know, when you arrive at an away team's gym or field or court. 
they kind of do what they want. And as you try to corral them back in, you try to herd your cats, they're kind of bucking you. They're kind of uh, fighting you back. It's because they don't respect you. They don't see you as having power and using it. Or having power and demanding it from others. Demanding that your captains stand up with you for the team's sake. Um, It's very hard for me to hear about or even see a coach saying, all right, we're here where such and such is Jim. When we go in that locker room, I want to see your phones put in your duffel bags or if your parents here, give them to your parents or whatever. But I don't want to see your phones out until the end of the game. Um, I don't know that I would make that a rule, but I can understand why a coach would want that to be a rule. But also, here's the thing. Are you role modeling and demonstrating the behavior that you expect? If the answer is no, then why have the rule? If you're all the time checking your phone and you're telling them, oh, it's my work. I have to be on call 24-7 and I'm checking to see if work wants me to come in. Well, again, that's great and all, but is it the truth? Or are you really giving updates to what's happening in the locker room to your wife or husband or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever? Or the parents that are sitting out there? Um, you know, always telling your kids, your, your players, hey, I'm only using my phone to... And you give them a reason. Well, guess what? Some of those kids may have reasons, too. Considering they may have a sick grandmother that's getting ready to die. They want to keep in touch with their family. Maybe their their family, whether it be their dad or their mom, has power. And is wanting to know when they arrive and are they safe. They want to make sure that they've ate. So, watch how you're using your power. Because if you're going to actually use it, show it, demonstrate it, role model it correctly, then it's fine. 
But if you're not, then that's a different mile. When I coached middle school, I had a no cussing in or in and on my team. In the gym, on my team. And we ran. Because I wanted it to be considered not getting conditioning, but as a punishment. And sometimes we did setups, sometimes we did uh, push-ups, sometimes we did other things. But there had to be some kind of punishment. Well, what would it look like if I just made them run for Virginia's and then I turn around and cuss? And then try to explain to them, well, I'm older than you. I'm, I'm of age. I'm allowed to cuss. Well, why aren't we? We expect them to be many adults. To have the responsibility and accountability. And we talked about that in the last episode. If we expect that from them. And they're many adults. Then why do they. Why do I have rules that they have to play for. Or with that I don't. And you have to do the behavior that you're working on because it is what you believe and what you feel. Who you are and who you want to be. So let me just read that first part. Again, and then let me explain why this, in different ways, means something to me. Do the behavior because it's what you believe and what you feel. I'm not saying whether it's right, it's wrong something else I have a belief in duty honor country I have a belief that uh, our soldiers should be kept safe that they fight for our freedom they go places that most of us would never want to go they stay there for six months to Three years. Sometimes they're told they're going to be there six months. And we get into some sand trap, quicksand, and we don't get them out for two years, three years. I feel that same way about police officers, about firemen, about paramedics, about emergency personnel, first responders. Uh, CPS, youth services, and uh, adult investigators that are trying to help our children and our elderly adults 
not to be abused or taken advantage of. Do I know where the national anthem came from? Yes. Yes, I know that it was written in Baltimore Harbor by Francis Scott Key. And I have seen the place where he was looking across at that. I've also been to Fort Sumner and seen the places on actual land and been out to Fort Sumner. And they tell that story and it's very vivid in your mind. Because I was brought up that way, not only because I'm Southern, but just because my mom and dad and all of their family believe that. I was brought up that way. Now I know some of you are going to say that I was brainwashed that way. That may be true. I'm not here to argue about what this is about. But because I truly believe in the flag what it stands for, and the people that it stands for, and the feelings I have about it. Players that play on one of my teams will stand at attention with their hands or their hats over their hearts, they may put their hands clasped behind their back or in their front. That's fine. And then they're going to stand still and look at that flag. I can't control what they're thinking. I tell them before the first scrimmage or the first game of the season. I would like for you to look at that flag. The recording we have is 2 minutes, 38 seconds. You can stand still pretty much for 2 minutes and 38 seconds. I would like for you to think of all the men and women that fight for that flag and keep us free and keep us alive like paramedics, like police officers like firefighters, like soldiers, like, like I said, the CPS and, and youth services and uh, adult services people. Um, I know that I'm missing so many people. But I want you to sit and think what our world may look like if we didn't have those people. And what our United States may be like if we didn't have people that were willing to be running in to buildings that other people are running out of. And I said, you know what? If you don't believe in it, you don't feel it, that's fine. Stand still for while the national anthem's on. Think about the game. Think about the person you're going to be guarding. Think about how the first 30 plays we're going to run. 
in order to get this many uh, first downs is our goal and that we want to have, you know, two touchdowns or whatever. Whatever goals that we've set for this particular matchup, this particular game, that we've said that when we get to serve in volleyball that we're not going to give it up until we score four points. And then we'll do our rotation, and then we we, we want to score four points. And because you set those goals, they already know them. They can be thinking about them during the National Anthem. I do the behavior because it's what I believe and what I feel. I was told by my mentor, if it's an outside sport, you dress for the weather. If it's an inside um, sport, then you dress up. Well, why? Because you show respect to your team. You show respect to the officials. You're showing respect to the other team that you think enough of the game of basketball or volleyball, whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. That you dress up. Now, dress up means different things to different people in different parts of the United States. But I I do that um, because of what I believe and what I feel. Do I make my players dress up? If we don't have travel outfits, yes. They are to dress a little nicer as they arrive, and that way they are shown to be professional. I never realized by me having that belief, that feeling, that when other teams would walk in our gym and they would be wearing sloppy basketball shorts and shirts that were probably two, three sizes too big, shoes untied, flopping around, baseball hat on backwards, that my kids would be like, what are they doing? Who let them dress that way? They took it as disrespectful. They took it as they're nothing but a bunch of slobs. They have no discipline. And at first, a lot of my teams, when they were dressing up or even wearing the travel suits, would gripe and complain. I don't like dressing up. I don't have a lot of dress up clothes. Uh, I don't want to wear the travel suits. I don't like the collar of them. I don't, I don't feel comfortable in them. Blah, 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 blah. By our fourth away game, usually, I couldn't get them to dress any other way. Because they noticed what other teams do. 
And they, a lot of times, they found out that the good teams, however you want to equate that, in their conference, dressed up, had travel outfits, or they acted a certain way. Whereas some of the sloppy kids that came in dressed, who knows how, that they were right. They didn't have the discipline. They had power inside of them, and they were afraid to use it. And that gave my players extreme amount of confidence. So I'm going to go ahead in this uh, episode. We're getting to be about that time. And I, like I said, I really want to do this series correctly. But I also don't want to overwhelm you with it. So not sure whether you'll have one tomorrow or the next day. But the Discipline series, it does carry on. So I will talk to you guys soon. And hopefully, somewhere down the road, I will get to see you.